Thanks for choosing to listen to the Cruise Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie, and today I'm bringing you episode 11, my PTSD story. A couple years ago, I wrote an article for a blog that was about suicide and PTSD, and it was in an attempt to uh, not just bring awareness to both, because I knew people understood that things like suicidal thinking and PTSD existed, but I was hoping that I could help people that don't deal with either of those things understand what people are dealing with when they say they either suffer from the symptoms of one or have considered those more permanent solutions to escaping their struggles. And in that effort to spread that awareness and to talk about it, I quickly found myself being criticized for addressing those subjects. And more often than not, the criticism came directly from people I had either served with in the army or just from other veterans. June is approaching fast. And for those that don't know, June is National PTSD Awareness Month. So I kind of thought this is probably as good a time as any to try to clear up some of those criticisms. So in the article I had written, which was called Invisible Wars, PTSD and Suicidal Ideation, which is a title that some people may recognize from a previous episode I did on the Cruise Corner podcast because Invisible Wars, uh, that episode was talking about pretty much that article. And in that article, I talked about the PTS diagnosis that I had received while I was still on active duty. And I talked about how during that whole time I was in therapy, how it had been explained to me that PTS differed from PTSD and that it was not considered a disorder. So there wasn't a required treatment plan, though treatment options did exist, especially for anybody that continued to experience symptoms after a traumatic event or find that those symptoms were just starting to interfere with their daily life. PTS is considered to be a normal response to traumatic or stressful events, uh, which makes it a common thing because it is the fight or flight scenario, basically. It is something that humans have evolved with to steer us away from danger, to try to deter us from uh, going to things or being around things that could be potentially harmful to us. And so in some ways... PTS and PTSD are easy to mix up because they do have symptoms that are very similar to one another, such as that feeling of being afraid, the nervousness, anxiety, a racing heart, being shaky or sweaty, and so forth. While I was receiving therapy in the Army, it was also explained to me that PTS differs from PTSD in terms of its intensity the duration you experience for experience it for and the treatment of symptoms. While PTS symptoms often disappear on their own after relatively short time when in comparison to PTSD, uh, PTSD is more persistent and severe. And with it, a person is more likely to experience flashbacks, night terrors or nightmares, or to feel constantly on the edge. My PTS was blamed on the quick transition from being in Afghanistan 
being in a combat zone to quickly being home. There's no de-escalation process. You just go from one to the other in a matter of days. And my mind was still programmed to see the world in terms of the threats that I had been trained to look for while I was deployed and for the months leading up to that deployment. So basically, I still had my guard up when I got home. But over time, that anxiety would begin to fade as I've reintegrated into my life at home. PTSD, on the other hand, was something that came into my life after I had left the service. There are many reasons why speaking about mental illness and your struggles is difficult. Obviously, criticism uh, is one of those reasons, the criticism people receive. Service members are taught to keep things to themselves, to not show weakness, to keep on pushing regardless of how much it hurts. So when I finally separated, that mentality carried over into my civilian life. In my effort to be what I was taught a true soldier was and to not fulfill any stereotype about female service members being weak, I chose to suffer in silence. Another reason why speaking up is difficult at least this made it hard for me, was that I am a combat veteran, but then I also deal with PTSD. What I've learned from being one and having the other is that people make the assumption that I was a female that couldn't handle being in the military. This then leads to the conjecture that I'm either lying, being overly dramatic about my symptoms, or just simply exhibiting that females are too emotional to be involved with war. The truth is that I have non-service-related PTSD, and I don't even know if that's a legit thing, but that's how I've had to learn to refer to it. The fact that I even have to say it like that, though, is one of the reasons why I'm not only frustrated with how PTSD is often perceived, but why I initially decided to bring a very personal story of mine to light. And I first told that story about having PTSD roughly two years ago. And I continue to tell it because I want people to understand that I only spent six out of my 32 years of life in the army. But when I mentioned PTSD in the past, people instantly asked, what happened to you in the military? Then once I say it was due to something like domestic violence, People almost seem disappointed that I don't have some war tale to share. But ironically enough, from what I've seen from women that have done some extraordinary things in the military and have those war tales, is that their service still gets criticized. So I felt even if I did have that war tale to tell, my entire service would still probably get criticized right alongside the problems with my mental health. So what I learned from that was that it didn't matter if my PTSD was from the military or not. I was going to be criticized nonetheless. And because of that, I've spent more time probably defending the issues I've had with my mental health and with trying to prove how bad I actually feel than I've actually spent with trying to get help. I've often been cut off from being able to reach out to people because they would just fixate on those details of me being a female combat veteran. And when I would start talking about domestic violence, people would immediately jump to, but you were a soldier. 
why couldn't you just get yourself out of that? As if being a soldier makes you some superhuman. And that isn't to say that the army didn't teach me how to fight and eliminate threats. I was a part of the female engagement team. I learned some cool shit, <laughs> but I was never taught what to do when the threat was something that I cared for. I was never trained to fight against what I loved. I was taught and trained to fight for who I loved and what I would be leaving behind each of those times I left home. What some don't realize is that people that are manipulative, abusive, or even narcissistic don't necessarily show those traits early on, which is often the case with gaslighting, which is a tactic people use for psychologically manipulating another person. You get them to question their own reality. I didn't realize how disastrous things were going to be for me when it came to my relationship until down the road until after I was locked in, which the point when that happened was when I finally had a kid with this person. And once my attention diverted from this person, that's where my life really changed. The moment I looked at another human being with love was the moment he decided he hated her and was going to punish me for it. People always ask why those of us that end up in domestic situations didn't just leave. And I don't feel like people that are asking those questions actually consider how dangerous that can be, especially when a child is involved. From what I found, when you love your children, you will endure a lot for them. And I endured horrific experiences for mine. The Army had taught me about endurance. It taught me how much I could take, how far I could bend before breaking. But out of all my training in the Army, the most important thing I had learned was patience. Patience was what allowed for me to wait for that opportune moment to escape my hell. And people like to try to tell me how they would have handled my situation. Everybody likes to talk about calling the cops or getting restraining orders, taking them to court, fighting back. All of which were things I did, and it never made a difference. People want to know why you didn't just run to a friend or family member's house, why you didn't just leave. My closest relative was over 1,800 miles away. Most of my friends had PCS'd and gone back to their homes, which were all over the country. Again, most of them were over a thousand or more miles away. I had a brand new baby. Uh, I had a couple dogs. And there was just not really, leaving just really wasn't an option with that many lives in my hands. As for cops, they refused to remove him from the home even after a domestic battery incident. One cop told me, it is not illegal for him to threaten to kill you. And after being attacked while holding my daughter, who was seven months old at the time, the responding officer said, it doesn't make him a bad person. And then just left. Of course, before leaving, 
he informed my abuser that I was the one that had called the cops. So that was awesome. Because I was then tormented for having called them. I was even threatened at one point that I would be arrested if I called to bother the police department again. And on numerous occasions was told that they would give my daughter to the state if I couldn't fix the situation on my own. Cops called me an enabler. They told me I was overreacting. They told me I was a horrible mother for allowing that to be our life. They told me I was responsible for the horrible things he was doing to us. So instead, I ended up spending the next year being tortured in my own home with no place to turn. Since my traumas from domestic violence, very few acknowledge my symptoms or understand my triggers. When I've told people that I struggle to let others in, I'm often told I'm immature or just being dramatic. I struggled to explain how for some time my own daughter had become a trigger because I had been punished for so long for simply loving her. There have been times that I wish I could have had that crazy war story everyone's looking for from the combat veteran, just so that my pain could be considered legitimate. Because it's tough mentioning PTSD without being expected to go into detail. Details that immerse you in memories that you're still often very haunted by. For me, it was hard to explain to people that I lived within a war zone. The difference between that one and the one I deployed to is that in Afghanistan, I had buddies I could depend on. People that were around to offer aid and share in the trauma to help dilute its effects. But in my home, I was alone. And for years, I continued to live in the same place where I had hidden with my daughter in a room as someone beat down the door. I remained trapped within the structure where the walls showed their scars from bullet wounds and doors were splintered from axes. It was years before I could escape the box where time and time again, I had to sacrifice my body and my mind to become a human shield for someone else. It was always hard explaining why I was frightened to let other people drive me around, why I didn't like being a passenger in people's cars. I didn't like having to recount stories of being driven into oncoming traffic or having someone grab the wheel while I'm crossing a bridge just because they're mad over something. It was, a, it was tough explaining why I had to continue to live under the same roof as my enemy. It was unpleasant explaining why the night terrified me so much, how I had spent so many of those nights either lying in bed in fear or forcing myself to stay awake to watch over a sleeping child. How it felt as though 
more of my demons were unleashed as the sun got lower in the sky and the memories began to flood over me in the surrounding darkness. Or how I had wished I wouldn't wake up at night afraid because even once he was physically gone, his presence still lingered in that home like he was a ghost. I struggled to get people to understand why I would say that I wished I'd been beaten instead of tortured mentally. People thought I was crazy for saying it. It was because I failed often with getting others to comprehend that if all my wounds had been physical, not only would it have been easier to prove that things were happening to me, but those wounds could have healed by now because broken bones and busted skin heal a hell of a lot faster than a severely abused mind. The army had given me value and one man stripped it away, along with my sanity. Every value I had carried over from my service was used against me. My loyalty, respect, integrity, selflessness, duty. I felt like it was my duty to remain there for my child to take it. Even my service-connected injuries that had me questioning my abilities and my memory were used against me. I was punished for having those core values, yet survived because of them. One thing I sure as hell was never accused of having in the army was a tiny heart. I know that with this episode being titled My PTSD Story, you as listeners may have believed when you clicked on it that you were going to hear what happened to me in greater detail. And I leave a lot of the details out because I hope I can say just enough to make a point without making it appear that you have to retell horrible experiences in order for people to believe your story. So with that being said, to all those people that tell others that their PTSD isn't real or that people just need to get over it, you are just adding to that feeling of being a failure. For me, as a woman dealing with PTSD, I felt broken. As a mother, I felt guilty. And as a veteran, I was ashamed. I've been treated as though triggers don't exist, like my symptoms don't count, like my situation just wasn't traumatic enough. I've been told I should be healed by now. But what people fail to understand is that I struggled to recover for a long time because I was living within the environment where I was damaged. And I never wanted to be broken. None of us do. And I wished I could heal. None of us want to stay that way. But the words of others continue to feed the negative thoughts and the growing doubt. It made healing that much more difficult. I shared my story because 
I wanted people to stop forcing others to defend their trauma or their symptoms, to stop expecting people to explain their pain instead of just believing that it's there. I hope people can stop assuming that a struggling veteran can only have problems that are related to their service. We're a human, we experience regular day life just like everybody else, and then our life in the military. I hope we can start allowing people to tell their stories without subjecting them to immediate criticism or ridicule. I also told my story because I wanted to talk about domestic violence and what it's like for those of us that manage to walk out of a combat zone with no mental scars, only to receive them once we were home. I spent six years in the military, and while that may not seem like a lot to others, I was met with some incredibly difficult situations in that short amount of time. But I survived them. But that's where my struggle with PTSD has affected me the most. The fact that I could survive and endure so much just to be shattered at the most unanticipated time and by the most unlikely of people. And instead of being offered a helping hand, my military career was attacked. My efforts to help others were, was attacked. And people began using my struggle as part of their campaign to say that women are too weak or too emotional to serve their country. We need to stop saying and doing the very things that are cutting people off from getting help or reaching out. We need to end the 22 a day, not contribute to it. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more episodes from Cruise Corner, make sure to subscribe. You can listen to episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. If you would like to be featured on a future episode, please reach out to our Instagram page at cruise underscore corner.